going on, guys? Not much. How are you doing, bud? Always good. Okay, so I'm super excited about this one. I really am because I think where we left off and what we can start bringing in to the conversation is going to be super interesting for people because we shared last week common, common struggles. Okay, we get it. We're personal trainers. We're fitness professionals. We have common struggles just like everybody else. We, we're transparent about that. We got it. But we don't want it to end there. We want to figure out how all of us share this common, not urgency, but a sense that things are changing, right? And we don't want this all to end. And we've done, like over the course of a couple of months, we come out of this and what did we change? What did we do? And it doesn't have to be a stressful change, but we got to help people to figure out what it is they can do because this is not a test how we move our bodies and how we eat and how we feed our brains is going to affect how we survive this whole thing, right? Survive, you know, I don't mean uh, that in any dire way, but how we emerge from this is important. And Nathan, you brought up a super important point. You talked about that fitness sickness curve, is it? Fitness sickness, right? Uh, sick fit curve, yeah. Sick fit curve. And that sounds very relevant to this whole thing, doesn't it? It sounds like whether you're just because you're not sick doesn't make you healthy. Is that the whole premise to that curve? Um, yeah. So like if you were to draw a curve on one end, you would have sickness at the peak, you would have wellness and at the other bottom end, you would have fitness. And the whole idea is that the further away on the curve you are from sickness, the better off you are. So Fitness is kind of viewed as like a sort of like a super wellness, if you will. Um, so, you know, for a lot of people um, there who aren't fit, let's say, mm. are well, they're not sick. They're, you know, they have, they've done their, you know, especially you see a lot of this um, in people who are middle-aged who have gone through their stress test and everything's good and their blood pressure is not high, but they don't exercise regularly. So they're in that well phase, uh, well wellness area kind of right at the peak of the mm. of the curve um but if they were to get sick it would take them a lot more time to recover right the idea is that if you're fit the bounce back recovery time will be a lot shorter and the impact will be a lot less um you especially see this a lot in in um you know people who are like in their older age like 70 plus mm. who are like you always hear about that grandparent playing golf four times a week or swimming or whatever, being active. And like, I can't believe you're 75 or whatever. And then all of a sudden they have a heart attack and they never recover because they were well, they weren't fit. All right. So these are times that we need to maximize our fitness so that we diminish our probabilities of sickness or when sickness arrives, which is inevitable, right? Sickness is going to come, but how we Traverse that sort of experience will depend on how we go into it. How do you feel about that, Julia? I mean, yeah, I, it's interesting because I'd never really looked at it from that perspective, but it makes a lot of sense. So um, obviously it's important to stay not only healthy, but fit as well so that as time goes on, we're able to prepare ourselves for whatever health issues we might come across. But it's, it's, it's really cool. I never, I didn't know about that whole spectrum. But we know that we, people, we tend to not do the things we know we're supposed to do. Right. So for people right now, the key difficult moment is health. 
right? People are scared. People are worried for their health, but sitting and being worried isn't going to help. So Nathan, what do you think people can do? Like your mindset about health is on point. So how can somebody emerge with better habits? Um, well, I, I think there's going to be some sort of limitation in terms of what people will at least take on just because of, because of, you know, the restriction in terms of access to, to gym setting, to personal trainers in some case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately we have to choose a few things that we can control and make sure we control them. So for me, it's been running more. Uh, I hate running and I'm not very good at it. So I've decided I'm going to run more. Um, and you know, there, there have been a few things that have fallen apart for me, but that has been relatively consistent. I run two to three times a week, about 20 K or something like that a week. So it's like, it's fine. It's good. I'm improving. Um, and, you know, and then, so maybe pick one thing in terms of training, uh, that you can stay consistent with one term, one thing in terms of nutrition, maybe not snacking after 7 PM or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one more thing, like maybe build some solid sleep habits. It doesn't have to be like the full package. Um, but there has to be something that, especially things that we weren't good at before mm-hmm. that we know, um, we know, or maybe that we can control, you know, there's things that I know that when I, when we get back to normal, I'll have no problem reintegrating that part of fitness into my life. Mm-hmm. But like if I ha- if I don't improve certain things now that I already suck at, then once the, you know, the, the craziness of running from client to client and trying to fit in the other training kicks up again, I won't, I won't try to adopt those habits because they're hard. They're hard for me. Okay. So getting more sleep, eating a little bit better, going for a nice walk. It's not that sexy, man. And people don't get excited about that, right? They're like, okay, yeah, maybe it'll make me more healthy. Maybe. Or, you know, but that doesn't feel right. I'm not sweating. I'm not like, so how do you get around that, Julia? How do you talk to people about getting engaged, even if it doesn't feel emotionally charged, that's it. Even if it's not emotionally charged. I think it's just about keeping that motivational mindset of having a goal and just doing something every day that will bring you closer to that goal. And I know for myself, um, in this type of current situation where we're in this pandemic and a lot of things we don't have access to, so it can be more difficult to kind of go about our routine to enable ourselves to be able to get closer to our goals. But I think we have to be resilient and find ways around it. So, and I think to answer your question from before of when you said like, why do we not always do the things that we know are good for us? I think part of it is maybe a little bit of laziness, but I think another part of it is fear. I think people have a lot of fear of failure. So they might like the idea of something, but then the work that they're going to have to do in order to get there just completely intimidates them. So they're kind of like, well, then like, what's the point? I think that if you have a goal and if you want it badly enough, you use that to find ways to make it feasible for you to get one step closer every day. Mm -hmm. So even if it might not be like you breaking a sweat, even if you just get that 10 minute walk or you do like a five minute ab workout, at least it's something, it's better than nothing. And once you get a feel for it, 
the motivation will come. I read, I was reading something and it says that motivation comes after action. So you actually have to do something first and then the motivation will come. So mm -hmm. I think that that's important to kind of keep in mind during, especially during times like this, when it's, you can very easily be like, oh, well, nothing's open. So like, I can't do anything about it. Like just cut out 10 minutes of your day and just do something, whether that's fitness related, um, you know, like, like in terms of like taking a new course or like whatever it may be reading five pages of a book, like whatever your goal is, just do something to get yourself closer to it. So that way, when you come out of this pandemic, there has been progress, even if it's not a lot, that's still progress. Yeah, that is a key point. Instead of regretting the last month and a half, people thinking they're going to die. Oh my God, why try? I'm going to die. And, and many, many people are going to have regrets. They're going to say, damn it, I should have taken that time to do this or that. So Nathan, like we talked last time about getting our mindsets on point to try and take on, you talked, shared about uh, reading your book. So what is it about you that your mindset seems to be able to drive your behavior? Uh, you seem to get past obstacles because you get the right mindset. What is that secret? I actually, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I think, I think actually, Julia, you might be right. That I think for sure for me, and I think for a lot of my clients, it's forcing themselves, forcing myself to do something almost against my will, you know, just get off my ass and train. Um, oftentimes that's ultimately what gets the ball rolling. It's, it's having a little tiny bit of willpower just to overcome the, you know, loud desire to do nothing. Once I've done something, then that's what gets the ball rolling. But I mean, I, I would say I fight myself more, uh, these days in that category than anything. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think that I have the mindset to motivate. I think it is the other way around. I think action motivates, motivates more than anything. I got to agree, man. Yesterday, I woke up with monkey brain. I don't know if you guys, I, I know Nathan, you've shared that you do. Julia, somehow I get the feeling you know what monkey brain is too. I woke up, it was ferocious. You know, the monkey banging the symbols in my head and Annabelle, my wife said, Sean, just go do something. Like you just, I went for a run within minutes. I was like feeling Zen. I was feeling amazing. How do we, but guys, how do we get somebody to pass that bridge? Like it literally only took a few minutes to kick in, but I was able to go out and start it. How do we get people to get that initiated? I think one thing that could work um, is doing it. I mean, it might be a little bit hard now because we're technically not supposed to be mm -hmm. with a friend, but doing it with a friend to hold each other accountable. So for example, uh, one of my friends approached me and she was like, listen, um, I know you're offering like online training, but I will not do it unless you are literally doing it with me. So I said, okay, let's, meet up every meet up like on FaceTime yeah, yeah. every day and we're going to work out every day. And so there are days where we're both on the computer. We're like, Oh my God, like we don't want to do this. And we're like, okay, but we're going to get it done and we do it. And so sometimes just having someone there to hold you accountable and you're holding them accountable. That's another means of motivation. 
maybe use putting apps to proper use. I downloaded, I think it's called Strava, this, the app for uh, running, biking and hiking, whatever. Um, that's added a new layer of commitment for me in, in running. So I'm putting apps to better use, I think, right now. What about you, Nathan? Like, how do you, how do you think that we can get people to do that initial, like, two, it's two minutes, like it kicks in. The brain literally switches, but if people don't get off the couch and go do it, there won't be any switch. What yeah, do you- I actually think uh, I read an article um, that was talking about that. Within the first five minutes of exercise, your mood changes because endorphins are released and all that stuff. But um, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think definitely have, having uh, somebody to hold you accountable, whether it be a friend, whether it be um, a personal trainer. I know a lot of, uh, you know, realistically, like us as trainers, like what we provide is accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the huge, huge things that, that we're useful for. Um, people can go online and figure it out for themselves, right? Like to the degree that we know, because that's what we, what we specialize in. But, you know, a lot of people just need somebody to show up for. And so that's what keeps them, uh, you know, three times a week, four times a week, whatever it is. Um, I don't know. I think, I think having like an overpowering goal Mm -hmm. is, is super motivational like overpowering though. I'm not saying like, Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds, but you know, I want to eat pizza more like that, that thought process, the food is always going to win because it's easier. Um, you know, I think you want to run a marathon. Like it's been a life goal for you to run a marathon. You start training today. Like you're more likely than not going to find it in you to go train. Um, I think, I think having any sort of goal, as long as it's really overpowering, um, is is one of the big big factors at least for me that's yeah. the thing too is i think that like it it takes a long time it's not just like oh I'm, i feel like waking up running a marathon like i'm going to train for the next month and like i'll be good like you know even for myself when i first started doing anything regarding fitness i had that mentality of like oh i want to whether it was to look a certain way to feel a certain way but i started working out when i was 16. And it took me up until maybe like two years ago to really make it a consistent thing. So going back to having, having a goal, if you want it badly enough, like you're, you're, you're going to do it. Like you're going to allocate that time and you're going to force yourself. Mm -hmm. And so like, I, I agree. I think that having that goal where it's like, no matter, no matter what, like I need to achieve this, there's no reason why you can't. Do you guys feel that, um, it's almost like your ability to visualize that goal, see yourself in it and doing it, and even imagine what you look like and what you're wearing. And, you know, it gets big and then you, you can adhere to it. And I sometimes feel that maybe there's a lack of mental clarity of that vision for that goal. And people, the cookie becomes more tempting than that big goal that you have well yeah it's about yeah i think it's about um like instant gratification versus long-term satisfaction Mm -hmm. you know and i think sometimes people forget that if if i work out now i'll feel better later and it becomes like well if i eat this cookie now i'm gonna feel good right now but then i'm gonna feel terrible later 
So you might, might not believe that later is worth doing or later is not believable. You don't believe that later could be a thing. I don't know if it's that it's not believable. I just don't think people always consider the later, the later, cause they're so focused on the now. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like it's more like, yeah, but I really want to eat this. And I know that it's not great, but like, I want it now. I want to feel good now. So I'm just going to do it now. Yeah. And then later you're like, oh, well, that was not the best choice. Whereas if you make the right choice in the moment, you're going to thank yourself later on. It's just, it's it's about recognizing how your choices will make you feel long-term. What do you think about that, Nathan? Um, Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Let's say you're trying to run a marathon in a year. You're not just saying in a year, I'm going to run whatever it is, 21 miles or whatever a a marathon is, Mm -hmm. 42 kilometers, 42.5, something like that. Um, You know, break it down into some manageable chunks. So make your first, you have one ultimate goal, but subdivide that into different phases. If you've never run before, okay, let's, let's run one kilometer, um, you know, every week every Saturday we're going to try and run a 5k. Let's see how low we can get that 5k. Like, I don't know how to periodize for a marathon, but I'm just saying like, Mm -hmm. you know, make it, make, make it so that you have manageable goals to achieve. And the feeling of achieving a goal, I feel like is something that's enough to keep people going. Like knowing what that feeling is, not just like having to wait, like, Oh, I don't know what it feels like to accomplish something. So whatever, I know what it feels like to eat, you know, a cookie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but having achieved a kilometer, two kilometers, 5k, 10k, right? You say in three months, I want to run 10k in X number of minutes. That's a goal. That's not so distant, right? You don't have to go through a full season. You can go through half a summer and have achieved a goal or have achieved multiple goals. So I think that's like a big, a big thing Or people have to put it in their own head that every day is a goal. I I want to complete this week of training. I want to complete this week without, you know, binging too much, whatever that goal is, especially in these times where nobody's really holding you accountable and everyone's saying it's okay to not be accountable. Right. That's the big thing. Personal development is a thing that leads to all these good choices. I think that starting with some type of personal development starts to develop you so that you're able or liable to make better choices. Um, As trainers, as coaches, I'm sure that you guys partake in personal development daily, whether it be journaling or whatever it might be. Julie, what kind of personal development do you do that enables you to make better choices? A huge thing for me that I've been working on is just kind of being more aware does that make sense? Like just yeah. aware of, of like asking myself certain questions. Um, and based on what I do throughout my day, what things are serving purpose and what things are not, where am I wasting my time? Where can I be more productive? Where do I need to slow down? So kind of just like having that self check-in Mm-hmm. which in turn makes me feel like I have more control over my own life and my own well-being. Because sometimes we can easily just kind of 
run through our day like almost like a robot because everything is very uh it's a routine right yeah. and you don't stop to think like am i benefiting from this or does is this making me feel good or or well this doesn't feel so great so maybe i can i can tweak this a little bit so it 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 does make me feel good yeah but that's that huge sort of julia that's huge you just talked about intentional living you're living intentionally you might not think of it that way, but that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing somebody who lives with intention. Nathan, what about yourself? What do you do for personal development to keep your mindset in check? Um, I, I'm at this point, I'm just like the small victories. So I'm, I'm trying to go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time or roughly the same time. Um, breakfast for me is like a huge one. Just have a good breakfast. Don't, don't eat at 12 o'clock just because, you know, there's nothing to do this day or whatever it is. Um, just making little choices that I can control without like kind of bombarding myself. Um, that's, that's kind of the, the big thing for me right now is just like the small victories. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm listening to you guys. That's called, you said before, motivation comes after action. Was that what you said, Julia? Yeah. You guys just nailed it. Like everything about your motivation wasn't, oh, I just, I read or I listen to podcasts, which you probably do all of anyways. But in response to my question, you both talked about daily actions. So the actions keep you motivated. Nathan just talked about small wins, but isn't life made up of small wins and then we get hit with these small losses, we got to overcome them. That's, that's brilliant. Like how we started just wound down into action, man. It's all about action. You can read about it all you want. You can talk about it all you want, but you got to get out there and get into action. Yeah. The well, problem is that we have so much more time to think about things. That's, yeah. that's my problem. It's that I'm, I'm fully aware of what I'm doing or what I'm not doing versus you know, living each day in a routine, as Julia said, is for, for me, when I'm in my groove and I'm working 12 hours a day between clients and training myself, you don't even have time to think of it. You just, you just have a daily routine. So yeah. yeah and you're I, in the process of reinventing yourself. Yeah. And I think for, I, I'm sure everyone can speak to the fact that the first, the first, for me, the first week or the first two weeks of this was like, I just, my whole routine just crumbled like instantly. I was, I was actually shocked at how fragile it was. Interesting. Yeah. What, I felt like it was the opposite. Like the first two weeks I was like, Oh, this is, this is kind of nice. All this like free time. And then I had like, I had like a breakdown of like, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But how you answer that question that's the fork in the road, right? That's the fork. Everything's fine. Even we get hit with change and it takes a little bit of time, right? A little bit of time for change to really reveal how it's going to make change happen. So in the beginning, it's fine. You don't feel like things are that different, but then, oh, wow, this is actually different. This is completely different. This is a life changing event. So what would you say? was your greatest asset going through that realization, Julia? What did you rely on to help you get through that? 
I think it has to do with what Nathan touched upon. It's just, it's, you see the big picture and you're like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to support myself financially? Like, how is my social life going to suffer? Cause I can't see my friends. And you just, you take one small section and you tackle that. And then once that's settled, you move on to the next part. Cause I'm someone who I get overwhelmed very easily. So sometimes when I look at the big picture, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna, not going to do anything. And then you kind of keep digging yourself into that hole. We got a few minutes left. So I want to ask you, Nathan, I'm going to ask both of you. And um, what would you say, say is the seed that's been planted in you during this pandemic that is going to give birth to something different in your life? I guess this whole thing is just kind of given me a new appreciation for the complexity of fitness and, and there's so many things that I want to know that I obviously don't. I mean, the sky is the limit for what we could know about fitness. Um, and I feel like I've kind of, um, I've kind of established in myself what I, where, what direction I want to take with fitness in terms of what my niche, what I want my niche to be, um, how I want to, re-emerge in terms of scheduling uh, was is a big thing. I've been thinking a lot about that. I think I've realized how much I was working and how little time I, how little downtime I had. I think most people are recognizing that. Um, that that's, that's probably the big thing. Um, you know, try, I'm going to try and cut it down to five days a week instead of, or even six, because I was just crushing seven days a week every, every week. And, you yeah. know, that kind of weighs on you at some point, even if you don't realize it. I think it, I think I've realized that it was weighing on me. And um, yeah, I would say that's the big one. All right. Julia, how about you? What do you think is the new Julia coming out of this? What's coming out of the pandemic? I was going to say something along the lines of what Nathan says is, is just the, the courses that I've been taking now that I've been giving the opportunity where I have, an ample amount of time to really dedicate to these courses. I feel like um, I'm gonna come out of this pandemic with, first of all, with with more services to offer and just feeling more confident in my ability to coach other people. Like you're feeding yourself to be able to help others, and then when you help, like it's it's a it's a domino effect, right? So. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to continuing to acquire all this knowledge. And, um, and I think it's important to always come at things with, with a beginner's mind, like an open mind, because there are some people who they know a lot, but they kind of have the mentality of like, well, they can't be taught anything new because they already know anything. And I think that that's very crippling to a lot of people. Um, so even, even if it's stuff that you've, that you've already learned, like you just, you go back and you review and then you might find something that you didn't, you didn't catch the first time around. So it's, it's just continuous learning and growing because there's always room to improve. Right. So I think that it's, it's a cool little cycle to be a part of. I don't know if any of that made that sense. Made complete sense. Well, listen, guys, um, we're coming up on the end of this now, and I just want to say that the takeaway for me listening to you guys, which is, you know, that motivation, you need the action first. You get the daily wins in, small daily wins, and that helps you to stay motivated because you experience that positive thing that comes from a win. And 
That's the way we lower that sickness curve, right? In action, feed our body well, get our exercise, feed our brains properly, and we are going to crush two curves right now. We're going to crush that sickness curve while we elevate that health curve by those daily actions. And that in itself is also going to take care of the other ugly curve that we're going through with this pandemic. So guys, I want to thank you so much for your knowledge and giving me your time. I feel blessed to know you and I feel blessed to have you on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to a part three. Likewise. <laughs> All right, guys, you have an awesome day. We'll talk soon. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.